Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, this is CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence, with your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and that is me. Look up into the sky, the sun, and the moon. They are 93 million miles apart, yet appear to us to be the same size. Their diameters are directly proportional to their distance from their Earth from the earth the moon is just the right size at just the right distance just the right size at just the right distance to look like it's the same size as the sun what a coincidence what a coincidence and what about chlorophyll without chlorophyll food production would be non-existent how did that happen well let's add a new word to our lexicon coinciders Coinciders are people who experience meaningful coincidences. We become insiders together, looking at the meanings of synchronicities. We compare our experiences and find that the world is not the way conventional reality defines it. Our minds are immersed in our mental atmosphere, the psychosphere. 
through which we can be telepathic, clairvoyant, and sense the future, as well as find out our own human GPS. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences. Examine their potential uses and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with Coincidence, and learn along with me. Synchronicity, spoken here. Our guest today is Noah Lampert. He's a musician, producer, lover of mysteries, and hosts a podcast called Synchronicity. What a synchronicity that we have us together, but this is arranged by <laughs> So we can't call it a synchronicity since we have an explanation, Noah, but welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bernie. I'm really happy to be here. Well, good. Happy to have you. Now, you've, you've learned a lot about uh, coincidences, synchronicity over the years, but something happened back in 2003 and 2004 to you, to your field of consciousness. Somehow, what you've told me is that you've you started experience lots of synchronicities. Tell us about that period and what you learned. Yeah, so at the time I had just, uh, I was in music college in Boston at the Berkeley College of Music, uh, my eventual alma mater, but I was experimenting like a lot of kids in music college with psychedelics, and I was not unaccustomed to taking psychedelics, but after one particular LSD experience, which wasn't particularly heavy in dosage, um, my reality shifted not only for the duration of a typical trip, you know, 10, 12 hours, 18, something if it's very heavy, but it lasted what ultimately ended up being about three months. Um, and it shifted my reality in a way that everything that was around me was a synchronicity. It wasn't like the they were separated by any distance in time. So whereas you might, you know, go through a few days or a few weeks or maybe even a few months and not have kind of a coincidence that you ascribe particular meaning to, my entire existence was a synchronicity. And this obviously was very jarring for anyone because you can imagine that you think of something, an old friend you haven't seen in you know 12 years, an elementary school friend, you have a dream about them, the next day you see them outside in a big city like Boston, not knowing they were anywhere around there. They don't even live there. They're just visiting. So things like that would be happening, you know, every single time I would. Do you, do you, do yeah. you remember, do you remember any ones that were even more outstanding than one you just talked about? The dream? You... Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it was a confluence of events. So I'd look up and be listening to a song on my headphones. And then I'd look up and see the artist on a bus. Every cross signal, you know, crossing signal I'd get to would be walk. Uh, a few other things that started to happen around the same time is I started having like weird precognition about a lot of different things as well. And I think that kind of blurred the line between what is and isn't a synchronicity. And that's where it kind of altered my view of what our reality is and kind of how synchronicities fit into the context of that. And then from there, many years afterwards, kind of unpacking the experiences, un not unlike you, trying to figure out the practical benefit of what either those states of consciousness, synchronicity, synchronicities in particular, or just kind of you know, looking at the world in a different way, how can that actually help us in day-to-day -day life, not in some mystical kind of woo-woo, far-out-there crazy way, which is very cool, but to really know how is this going to help us? What can this shed light on to make our lives better and the lives around us, uh, the people around us better? 
Oh yeah, and that's what I'm after, uh, and I'm, uh, so we share that intent. And when you say not woo-woo and not mystical, uh, I think part of the practicality of some coincidences that are so meaningful is to show us the reality of mystical, some mystical experiences. Absolutely, I, and and I want to be very clear that I I kind of try to walk the line between. Um, not too materialist reductionist and not too mystical. Not personally, just I am very woo-woo and mystical. But I purposely try to walk back the language at times to rec- to show people that that doesn't have to be anachronistic to the way we walk through life. If you have a family, you have a, a job at a corporation that you go to every day, that doesn't mean you can't be a mystical woo-woo person. But when I talk about practical benefits of synchronicities is when a friend comes to me and say, hey, I've been seeing the number three all of the time. What does this mean? Trying to figure out is there something that we can learn about or become experienced with that, you know, helps us understand what that could mean for that person and how it could be beneficial to know that information. Well, you said a lot right there. Um, And uh, you've said it fast. And and I'm kind of a slow it down, like, what's he talking about kind of guy, Uh, especially for our audience. Uh, You're very fluent, fluent, and you know, uh, I can almost see the other experiences underneath the surface of what you were describing, because I I have some idea what you're talking about, but other people might not. So let's let's slow this down, because you have had uh, three months and then more of of synchronicity events happening to you, which you had to then step back from, and the and try to figure out, unpack them. Right. Um, I, I, I am I'm very interested. I'm a psychiatrist, so I'm right. interested in the relationship between psychotic experiences right. and synchronicity, because a lot of people who get manic start seeing a lot of coincidences. Absolutely. So, your your description, um, if you'd come in to talk to a psychiatrist, a standard psychiatrist, would have been that you were in a psychotic state. So, and that's exactly what ended up happening at the time. And I actually got prescribed and took it for two years, lithium. And then at a certain point, I started thinking about the experiences more and more and was like, you know what, if you put this in a different context, if you look at this from a different cosmology, maybe Eastern philosophies, some other astrological influences, could there be something that actually was just an experience I went through? And if looking at it specifically through the Western lens that, yes, that's a psychotic experience, or was there some other deeper embedded truth in it that maybe could shed some light on, you know, what's best for me in my life and the people around me. So at that time, with the help of a psychiatrist, I, again, I'm very attentive to doing this above board and not just going off the deep end because I experienced that quite a bit when I was in an unceasing, manic, uh, synchronicity-like state. So after the fact, when I kind of came down from that experience with the help of a psychiatrist and my mother, I voluntarily went off lithium And at that point, uh, I really started to kind of unpack just what had happened and realized that there's a huge relationship between what we deem psychotic episodes, um, you know, mental disorders and kind of transcendent experiences and trying to find the parallels 
that can be useful not only to people who are having these experiences, for for other people to understand that maybe there's some deeper layer of meaning here that can be explained to people who haven't had these specific experiences. So that was a big component of kind of, you know, the years following what had happened. Well, um, I, I, I know you're not going to be surprised to hear this, um, but I am writing a taxonomy of uh, coincidences, trying mm-hmm. to be able to outline all their varieties of them and um, make some sense out of them by creating ca- categories that are easy to understand and read. And just yesterday, last night, uh, I was writing about... Uh, psychotic synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> You're not surprised. Uh, and I'm not particularly surprised either. This this going with the flow thing, I am getting more able to to trust what I am doing and not worry too much about what's happening and just go with what's in front of me. And it, I don't know how the guidance works, but I think that's the kind of practicality that you've probably going across and we're coming near the end of segment so we'll get practical Uh, but there's something about letting it go and being in the flow is not clear enough anymore Uh, it's the right term but you can get more specific about what being in the flow is and just this coincidence of of you and I having you're getting sick so you couldn't do the previous time we had and now I'm writing about this stuff yeah yeah it's cool so we're coming to the end of of this segment Uh, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest is Noah Lampert, and we are talking about deep synchronicity. You're a skeptic or a believer. Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com. 
or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. Connecting with Coincidence, I'm, doc, I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and our guest is Noah Lampert, who's had a very deep set of experiences with synchronicity, and we're trying to be able to get to the mystical aspects, 
applied to reality, regular reality, and then reverse from regular reality to the mystical. I'm skipping ahead. And the way we the way we are talking about this is so important for, for me as a psychiatrist and for Noah's own experience is to try to make more sense of the, quote, psychotic, end quote, um, experiences of manic people. I'm, I had on my show a James Williford, who at age 23 uh, had his first manic episode, and he went to medical school afterwards to try to figure out what all this was and became a psychiatrist. And uh, he's been trying to map uh, how the mania uh, contributes to uh, coincidence experiences, much like what you're talking about. He came at it from trying to be a, a, neuro, a, a neuropsychiatrist and as well as a psychoanalytic kind of person. Mm. And, and he ha and he could get telepathic and clairvoyant. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading a, a, another report, which I like even better, uh, about a person who was manic and experienced something like uh, the Truman, uh, the Truman Show, yeah. uh, where she was the center of everything. <laughs> I assume that you had that experience too, like everybody was watching you, and you had particular powers, and things were that there was a TV show that people were looking at you at. Did so, you have? Yeah, so this is a really interesting thing you're talking about, and I think that also kind of cuts to the core of what can precipitate then what is the flip side of the manic state, which is depression. So the way I would tie this together is I think what happens in these experiences is you kind of open up like a tuning an antenna to something that is always around us, which is yes. kind of the inherent yes. truth of the interconnectedness of everything, that yes. we're all one. And if you really experience that for an extended period of time, it becomes very clear how powerful of a state of consciousness that is. So it's not surprising to me that a lot of people uh, between the ages of 18 or late adolescence and college years, you know, maybe two through your 20s, especially with the help of psychedelics in a lot of cases, but not necessary, not necessary at all, um, people experience these states of mind that then develop as latent psychosis, right, as something that was there, you know, you're manic depressive. And I think the reason that happens is we have the kind of ego pushing ahead and kind of conflating this idea of oneness with I am the one. I'm the person in control of this. This is all for me. And on, on some level, that is absolutely true. And I don't want to kind of diminish that. But on another level, like it's not your ego. It's not you. So what kind of precipitated my specific downfall from this state where I was actually still experiencing synchronicities, but in a much darker state, it started to get a little more kind of pernicious and, and, and a little creepy. How about, um, par is, how about paranoid? Paranoid, of course. That started to seep in. Um, it's because I think it's the ego making the kind of misapprehension that you're in control. I'm in control. This is for me. I get to do what I want. And failing to recognize that there's a whole other sea of consciousness out there that maybe isn't your particular shade at this current point in time in history. And the other thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, and this is something Carl Jung wrote about extensively, is how time really yeah. can warp in yeah. a very yeah. crazy way. So when you talk yeah. about you're just writing about last night, you know, psychosis and, and synchronicities, you know, on one level we can say, well, it's a very short distance of time. But when you're in the actual state, it is a you recognize the truth 
and the statement of, of Einstein that it's all relative, like the, the relativity of things is really, really, really highlighted. So it kind of just warps your mind into very malleable states. And I think if you don't have a solid base of understanding or wisdom, which certainly in the West, we don't get at all with this stuff, it is really easy to lose your way and slip into what we would identify as kind of psychotic states. Uh, I use the term ego strength. Um, oh. Mm. to say something like it, but you're talking about education also. Uh, James Williford uh, had enough ego strength to be able to be manic and function uh, as, as a guy in the military when he was having some of these episodes. Uh, but he didn't have the, the Eastern uh, training that you're talking about and had to find it by a coincidence. He, yeah. he, he happened to turn on uh, synchronicity by the police. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know why he got to that but he did and then he found out about Jung through yeah. through the police and <laughs> of course the words in some of the songs were matching some of his thoughts and he, so he had to get into it he had to find his way into that way of thinking um, but I want to go back to the Truman Show idea um, yeah. the can can you experience did you experience um, that each of us is our own Truman Show Yes. And I, I think I've also experienced, and I don't think it, I, I've experienced this a lot on other psychedelic trips that are particularly heavy where you kind of start to view your life very Truman, Truman Show-esque and also that your mortality and end of life is even more kind of hyper Truman Show-esque. Like this is for you to learn something. And I hesitate to leap to conclusions. Um, I'll speculate forever, but I don't want to leap to conclusions about what that is or what it's for. But speculating, it feels like, at least in my understanding, and this is where I get a little, little woo-woo, is that I do feel that our reason for being on Earth is a pre-consciousness, like pre-us being here in physical form decision. And we kind of lay out scenarios with the help of all these other people here who all you know, conveniently seem to have the same type of problems as us, you know, getting angry, being an impatient, you know, being <laughs> getting jealous, getting yeah, jealous. Je exactly. I exactly. love that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's, it seems to me, it, it really does kind of take on this heightened state of like, oh, like, this isn't just random kind of like, I, you know, we're presented such a block Newtonian view of the world a lot of the time. And I think we're actually seeing this break apart. Yeah. right now and that's yes. why a lot of people yes. are freaking out and i think this my experience in particular kind of set the stage for me being able to deal with like a lot of this crazy stuff that's going on that's freaking the hell out of a lot of people understandably so so yeah the truman show thing definitely was a big thing especially towards the end i think this synchronicity awareness is a way to to pierce through the veil of yeah. quotidian of ordinary reality to begin to see the the consciousness that's already there and that we are participating in and when i talk about the truman show for each of us what I think each of us has to do, and you may be implying this, what each of us has to do is that you're in your own show and I'm in my show and that we can do these shows together as well as do them individually. It's not just for me. Right. It's not just for you. It's for each of us and it's for all of us together and how to make, it sounds like a Beatles song. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> you and me and I am you and we are you together. It's a walrus. That's what that yeah, was. Yeah. And 
and and that, that somehow finding a way to synthesize these various personal shows that they are ours, that we are ours, and that we are here for a purpose. Now, you talked about something about a purpose. You talked about learning. You talked about something about pre. And I want to know what you think we're here for. What's going on here to learn about all this stuff? Well, I think it's somewhat unique for each person. I think our kind of karmic you know, knots that we've accumulated throughout whatever experiences in this life or others, I think those are are issues to work out. I do think that the root kind of lesson for most people in this world, although some clearly have it in much larger quantities than others, is how to be a little more uh, open-minded and open-hearted. And I think that seems to be the kind of general message, a big underlying theme of my my synchronicity experience that lasted for an extended period of time was unconditional love. And I didn't have a really good way of expressing that at the time. So I was just yammering on about unconditional love sounding like a loon. <laughs> but I can imagine that. I know God. guys who were doing that. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. So, you know, I Boring. think shut up, basically. And I mean, the truth <laughs> is, is looking back, it's like, yeah, shut up, like understand context. And like, but luckily, uh-huh. but you know, you can imagine like getting a download to your brain and yeah. all you can hear at first, like a, listening to the song a first time, maybe you only remember the hook, you know, yeah. I am the walrus, but then you think of you are me and me are. So then you start remembering the lyrics and then you hear Ringo's drums. Oh, those were subtle. And then you hear, oh, oh yeah. this little harmony. So it's kind of like that. Great when have- analogy. Great <laughs> analogy. That's a super analogy. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's really like what it feels like when you're kind of getting this first initial hit of kind of transcendent, unconditional love. And if you're just yakking about I am the walrus to everyone all the time, they're like, "Okay, I get it. It's a good song. But you really do want to kind of understand over time, it seems time has a big part on this, that over time you can kind of translate it into words that are applicable to different subsets of people or different personalities or different character traits in a way that makes sense. So rather than using the term unconditional love, you say, you know, be a kinder person, be a more compassionate person, be a more, you know, generous person. And there are little different shades of how to be more loving without getting too, you know, off-putting because this kind of has a negative context, as silly as that sounds, unconditional love, because it's like, well, if someone's being mean to me, should I love them? And it's like, uh, there's some nuance there that you might want to investigate. A lot, there's, there's a lot of nuance. And and love just needs to be taken apart uh, conceptually for a lot of us because there yeah. are so many different kinds of love. And th- they are unique almost to each individual pair. Uh, the kind of feeling that you have, I have for one person is with one person. It's having it with the person that's different from the, what I have with another person, but they still fall under that general category of what we might call love. As we're coming to the end of, of this segment, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest is Noah Lampert, and we are really rocking with synchronicity. Oh 
they are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and that is me. And we're talking with Noah Lampert about synchronicity, uh, really getting into it. And one of the things that we talk about just just now, Noah, was, was um, unconditional love <laughs> and various kinds of love and how to be loving to other people. I want to take this question of purpose, uh, of what co coincidences and synchronicity can teach us, to why are we here on earth? And it can be to learn. And I, I, I like to think that uh, I'm the president and chief operating officer and CEO of Earth University. <laughs> as well as chairman of the only department in it, which is the <laughs> Department of Coincidence Studies, uh, that we're here to learn. And uh, the co coincidences are, are great uh, learning, uh, learning tools for us. And I call it kind of um, psychotherapy by synchronicity. Mm. And what's the intent of this? And for me, it's, it is what you're talking about. It's love, but... Uh, but there's a reason that uh, I think we're incarnate here, that we are spirit surrounded by flesh, trying to figure out how to function on Earth. And why is this? Because I think Earth can be a great playground, a lot of fun. And we're messing it up all the time, and yeah. particularly now. Yeah. And the idea is it to like make it more like dance and what I experience at dance or what that could be with other people playing music, just having a good time and learning stuff seems to me one of the, one of the potential ways of thinking about what synchronicities are aiming us towards. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the playground metaphor. And I think, you know, too often we can kind of get hit, especially in the media and just, you know, either in our own lives with kind of the negative sides of you know, this, you know, we're turning a, a heaven into a hell for ourselves a lot. But I do think that kind of also gets into the idea of trauma, which I'm sure you know a ton about as a psychiatrist and as a human being. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of these wounds to me, what I've been very kind of interested in in the past four or five years particularly and seeing it manifest all over the world is kind of the the inability or the unwillingness to deal with kind of the shadow aspects of our side. And I know this kind of sounds like a tangent to what we're talking about. No, but it's it isn't. Not. It is. It yeah. Is not. I'm it's glad not. you got it's that. Right, yeah. It's right on. It's right on. Yeah. Keep going. It's it's kind of the necessary alchemy that needs to be done dealing with our shadow to actually be able to experience the world and our lives to their fullest, which means a curiosity, a sense of wonder, a sense of family, a sense of love and friendship. Like those are the things that if you think about in your life, bring you not just the most pleasure, but really a sense of fulfillment and deep joy. And yeah. And that to me at least in this world, this earthly plane, is the foundation of everything. And I know we could get into a whole conversation about duality and non-duality and kind of pick those apart, but at least if we're just looking at this world as a real solid place that yeah. we exist in, that does, those feelings seem to be the support and, and meaning, if we want to ascribe that, that kind of word to it, to, to us being here. That's very good. That's very good. And I, I, you re really got out there for three months. Um, <laughs> I, and you've been spending a lot of time coming back and putting your feet back, uh, on, if they ever were, uh, on planet Earth with this new uh, set of experiences and understanding that you had. I'm, I, I'm working. I work from the feet uh, planted up yeah. uh and and so i go and i'm going in a different uh, coming at this from a somewhat different direction yeah. but it's still the same idea the, the the shadow parts of us have to be looked at we need to be why can't we just get along together <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we have these shadow aspects in us and i'm particularly focused on boys and girls and can't it's boys and girls males and females getting along together finding ways to interact with each other because i i am always i've been amazed for a long time about women and confused and trying to figure them out because i like them so much <laughs> and, and want to be able to get along and i feel like i got i've gotten a pretty good idea after a, a years of intense study noah yeah. intense <laughs> study <laughs> It's a long process to try to be able to break through a lot of the uh, the old learning uh, and into having a, 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 a good relationship with the opposite sex. Yes. Well, I, I think that also really points to the, the kind of deeper. And I love that you put the ground up. I definitely in my life go from the upper kind of higher airy, like off the earth to the earth. And you've correctly <laughs> analyzed that very well. But, you know, it's very interesting because I'll find myself doing more grounding like things. You know, I'll, I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. I love football. I try to do things that attach me to the earth realm and stay grounded to those because it does give me that alternate perspective. In terms of the female male thing, 
Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of things going on there. The divine feminine and divine masculine yes, yes. Um, are incredibly potent energies that sustain our world, yes. is my, in my estimation. And uh, what we have really seen from a cultural and societal and historical context is the feminine has been subjugated and suppressed for at least around 3,500 to 5,000 years. And that's just objectively accurate. We can see that, you know, I'm, I'm a big Ron Chernow fan, fan and I'm listening to the Ulysses S. Grant audiobook, and I'm hearing, you know, women women voting was an afterthought. They're like, no way. Like, that's definitely not happening. He had Susan B. Anthony arrested. So my point is, is that that really psychically has inflicted some deep, deep cultural trauma, not just on women, but on men, too. Yes, yes, in terms yes. Of understanding what that does to people over time around the world. And now it seems like really acutely in the last five years or so, 10 years, if you want to go, we're seeing this rebalancing. I don't want to say it's an over, you know, it's not the feminine taking over, but it's a rebalancing of kind of the scales, which when the scales have been tilted in one direction, naturally feels like a huge shift, even if it's just back to kind of an equilibrium state. So I think that's why a lot of people have difficulty in relationships. And I think this would also extend to same-sex relationships too, because this yes. isn't just a, qu a question no. of gender, it's no. of energies that we all possess. And I think that's really like, that's a huge part of our life, right? It, it determines the 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 longevity of our species, right? If men and women are getting not getting along, we will not have a species. There'll be no more kids. So, um, yeah, have, I mean, I we think, have yeah. too many kids already um, <laughs> yeah. now, and so there's a potential benefit. I'm glad you bring up same-sex relationships. I couldn't say them at the same time. I was talking about yeah, masculine, feminine. So I'm glad you you offer the correction of that. And and, and it's it's just that there's a predominant thing about a masculine and feminine around. And so I address that one first. And and I don't think the rebalancing has gotten balanced anywhere near what it needs to be. And oh, no. the evidence that it's gotten balanced <clears throat> will be when we take better care of the prime primal earth feminine energy, which is the earth itself. Yes. Yes. And and this gets into, you know, you can get into your, your hippie joint smoking, you know, mode if you want, because we could say, oh, well, the corporations and a very small subset of people determine, you know, what's going on with our world. But there's also a certain level of personal accountability that we're all, we could all be kinder to the earth. We could all do things small to big that make a positive impact. But I think it's a statement and a testament to the power of kind of the like global psyche that you're right. We haven't rebalanced our relationship. And again, it ties into the dealing with the shadow aspect. Like we need to turn and face this stuff and say, well, okay, you know what? Today I'm going to take this small step in my life. I know I'm not going to change Exxon or Shell, you know, moving to away from fossil fuels, but I'm going to do take this step today to make my life a little more accountable to the earth. And I think over time that stuff does snowball into an equilibrium. Um, but we obviously, you know, you have to take it seriously to the point, you don't want to get too serious, but you do have to, you know, have some level of personal accountability with this stuff. Um, I'd like to see uh, regular people, the people you're talking about who can take the small step to recognize uh, the consciousness of animals and plants. Yeah. I, 
I have I've been developing um, relationships with a pair of trees in a forest near Amazing, here. amazing. And they've helped me recognize the forest consciousness yeah. in a place where the forest consciousness and the dance consciousness, uh, the dance that I go to twice a week, look more similar than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what are, what are your experiences with the natural world outside of human beings? Well, I lived in cities. I grew up in the suburbs, but I lived in Boston and New York for a combined 16 years. Um, and I recently moved to the Hudson Valley in New York, and I'm in nature. I'm in the country, and it's incredible. And I think if you haven't or you know have got pulled away or haven't experienced being out in nature, the more you can do – uh, to put yourself out there, the more you'll get in touch with something that's a little quieter that you, you're not going to find in your smartphone. And I, I use my smartphone for cool things too. I'm not just, you know, being negative about smartphones, but if you go out into the world, just kind of tune your voice, do a little Walt, Whit- Walt Whitman, a little, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, you can kind of get in touch with some really, really cool things that maybe aren't is accessible if you're constantly flooding yourself with information. And I think that's kind of a big theme that animals, some animals and plants and plants in particular can teach us is this idea of slowing down, tuning down, kind of dropping into this more intuitive sense. That's really, really powerful. Um, That's good. That's good. That's good. We'll continue that. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Noah Lampert. And we are talking about nature and synchronicity right now. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we've been walking in nature with Noah Lampert. And Noah, um, when you go out, in nature, it's kind of new for you in your life experience, having been in Boston and New York. And you sound like you're picking up uh, a sense of quiet that you hadn't been able to experience before. Are you picking up anything else? Uh, because part my taxonomy of coincidences includes relationships between um, humans and plants and mm-hmm. humans and animals. Yeah. Um, well, I started a garden when I moved mm-hmm. up here and I had never, my mom always had a garden when I was growing up, but it's a little bit different when you kind of like start it and do it yourself. And yeah, I mean, it's what can't you learn from a garden? It's something that you plant this little teeny seed it from, and then something big yeah. grows that you can either eat or cook with or just look at. And it's really an amazing phenomenon that you, you just, it it shows you a quality of life and of existence that I don't think we think about that often because we, we really, as you know, like especially now, it's a cliche, but we live in an age of instant gratification, right? We want the thing now as soon as we think about it, we want it. So when you have to deal with this kind of slowed down, more patient modality, it's a real, it changes your consciousness. It does. It does. Well, and that that gets us to uh, one of your major intents is to describe the practical function of uh, synchronicities, and you just did in a direction talk about something practical. How how do you think uh, other ways besides um, the potential for kindness and experiencing unconditional love or getting to that direction? How else do synchronicities help us? Well, they get us in tune with that aspect of reality that isn't necessarily linear or logical. And I think you refer to it as piercing the veil, and I've often used the same term. And I think that is something that kind of subverts our expectations 
And that is something we constantly need to be doing. And one of the most practical things that I found from all of these experiences is this importance of cultivating a sense of perspective and a multi-perspectival view. So not just looking at it from the me, mine, I, I, you know, the the illusion of central position, but taking into account other people's uh, perspectives, where they're coming from, their background, what they might have been from, and trying to get a very kind of 360 picture of a situation or an idea, because it's never, it's very rarely, I shouldn't say never, but it's rarely a binary yes, no, black, white answer. Right. So the ability to kind of look at it from multiple perspectives is probably the most practical thing that this synchronicities have taught me. Said it in a different way from that movie Waking Life, yeah. um, uh, that I am uh, a player in someone else's dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's a very powerful kind of thought experiment to play around with. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the powerful things that happened to me, I, I mentioned at the beginning, is that this sense of synchronicity carried through the dreaming state. I didn't, normally you go to sleep, maybe you remember your dreams, maybe you don't. Every night I would remember my dreams. I would still be in the same state of consciousness. I'd remember everything. I'd wake up with the retaining the knowledge of things I had no idea what it was about. And so it kind of shifted the liminal boundaries between a dream world and our reality. And I really do believe, and this does not diminish the rule for personal accountability, that our world is very much like a dream. It is very, very much like a dream. And when you kind of function as that is your base level understanding of reality, you can notice some of the, the nuance and subtleties that kind of affirm that as potentially being correct. Well, we're taught that as children, row, row, row your boat yeah. gently down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Right. What do you mean when you say life is a dream? Yeah. And this is a really, I've thought about this a lot because there's a Bob Marley quote where he says, some people think life is a dream. They're only making matters worse. And I think that should be taken into account because he's basically saying like, yeah, if it's great for you, that's wonderful. But for some people it's not great. So don't think it's a utopia. And I don't mean that by dream. What I mean is, is that in dreams, reality doesn't function the same way as it does in our world here. You know, we can instantly be somewhere. We can have a shifting kaleidoscope of experiences in a very short kind of microscopic slice of time. And I think that, yes, it's a little bit different in this reality, but synchronicity is very much affirm this, that it's not altogether different, right? It's just maybe a matter of shifting your perspective. And again, for me, this is a experiential thing. I had that experience for a very long period of in our time time of experiencing life exactly like a dream. No, I wasn't flying up in the air, but it was so much like a dream at that particular time that I was like, okay, well, is this just my mind state or is this just another facet of reality that I'm tuning into? So I believe we coexist with that kind of dreamlike reality at all times, but we really drop into it when we go to sleep at night. There's uh, evidence that we have REM activity uh, in our eyes, rapid eye movement in our eyes during the day, that the mm -hmm. cycles of dreaming uh, 
states are, are subtle but happen during the day. So there may be more times during the day where we're more capable of getting into a dream state. But I'm still, I'm still pretty much a pragmatist, and I think you are too, in trying to describe uh, what you mean by dreaming while awake. Uh, that, that you can't uh, bilocate, although some people do. Uh, yeah. People who are... Uh-huh. So, so many reports from uh, meditators uh, in India, anyway, where people bilocate and also other places. So that's a dream thing where you can be in two places at the same time. Uh, but from your experiences, besides time being so different, uh, what was dreamlike about your waking life? Um, oh, just the, uh, there is an ineffable quality about it, too, that's hard to put into words, but that's a kind of a lame answer. The idea of, you know, you think of something and it happens. You have an emotional impact of something and you find a resonance of that some point in your life very close to when you have that idea or feeling. Um, it's it's a somewhat hard thing to describe, but much in the same way as the bilocating thing. And I think this is a good example. We're talking about meditators, cities, people with, you know, mystical powers and things like this. I think we all have that in us. We all have those latent abilities. Yes, we do. It's, and so if that's true, then that means theoretically all of us could be bilocating at every time. And theoretically means that if we all decide at the exact same moment to not believe that Earth is Earth anymore, it would cease to exist. Theoretically, right? It doesn't mean that this is actually going to happen and that's an actual thing, but even when we start delving into the more scientific and quantum realms, we see that reality breaks apart as we know it, and it functions completely differently. And I think that's probably, if I was looking at a more kind of pragmatic answer to the question, it's it's that our Newtonian rules of logic and reason, while we think they're what shape our reality, aren't actually the sole creator in what's going on. And, and that's, that's what, I, that's what yeah. I'm trying to get a description from you about as we get near the end of this, that that, that time is one thing that uh, you've made pretty clear uh, doesn't have to be the linear thing that we are talking about. And dreams, time is not the same as it is in this Newtonian world. So at least tell us about how time differs for you in the dreamlike of this reality. Well, in this reality, I've just noticed that I'll have an intention for something or a, a real sincere wish or desire that I, I know is not just kind of an egoic need. And magically, it will happen in my life. And this is time and time again. This has been from the mundane of financial things to uh, job opportunities to relationships to uh, changes uh, in location of where I'm living to children. Uh, and those things, when they happen over and over and over and over again, at least in my life, I've learned to kind of just let go. And when I'm dreaming, it's kind of the same way. I'll maybe have a thought and then I'll be in that place. So it's kind of the relationship between will, intention and time that I think is pro those are probably the core components of what and I'm space. talking about. OK. Yeah. And and, and space, yeah. a, fi a final uh, subject that uh, I am remain continually confused by is numbers. Yeah. Uh, so many people put a lot of emphasis on numbers. Uh, maybe they are a primary archetype, as as Jung and his followers have suggested. But how do you do numbers in the last minute and a half? 
<sighs> last minute and a half, I was obsessed with numbers when I was having this experience, gematria, all of that. I do subscribe to the Jungian kind of analysis of number as a primordial archetype. I think Marie-Louise von Franz, one of his disciples and translators, you know, really nailed it on the head that uh, the qualitative importance of numbers has as much to do with the quantitative. Um, and that's really been an important lesson for me is that, you know, when you ask someone what their favorite number is, that can be a deep insight into their personality. Not that, oh, you're the, like the number nine, you're all like this, like we like to look at astrology, but uh, numbers are everywhere. They well, mathematics. Okay. I do. I used to do number 23. Yeah. What course. does that tell you about me? No, and I'm not the person who would say, oh, well, 23 tells you anything about it. I know that 23 is a very common number that people ascribe mystical qualities to, and it's also taken on kind of a mimetic quality in our culture with movies and books and other things being written about it. Um, you know, I look at the number two, and it, to me, it usually signifies duality, and three usually signifies to me the thing that's right past duality. So I would look to those two kind of themes and topics to kind of get a deeper insight into what your personality, you know, interests and components are. Well, I, I read Aleister Crowley's book, it's a bunch of them, and, um, and number 23 uh, was from like, 23 skidoo from the 20s <laughs> that he for him it meant change mm. and we are coming to a change as we say goodbye in this program you've been listening to connecting with coincidence with your host dr bernie biteman md on the exxon broadcast network noah lampert thank you very very much for being on the show thanks for having me They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, 
Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.